Welcome to the Jammin' With Podcast, hosted by Olympic athlete Fran Hassel and the folks over at Jam Staffing, the leading recruiter of tech staff in the Austin area. Each episode, we sit down with some of the most ambitious and interesting people to work in the tech scene to discuss their life, career, and their views on what is happening in the world of technology. So, let's see who we're jamming with today. Hi guys, it's Fran Holsell here. Today I get the pleasure of chatting to Leon Hendricks. Hi Leon. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and have a chat with me. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited to uh, dive into whatever we're going to dive into. Could be anything. Just go with the flow. <laughs> exactly. So Leon has built and sold his own e-commerce business. He's moved from Germany out to Austin via Australia and is in the process of setting up a new venture in Texas. And that's just impressive in itself. But also, you're still only 24, right? Yep. Still only 24. Yeah, and all that's happened. That's incredible. So basically, let's go back to the beginning. Like, how did the decision to start your own business come about? Oh, that is a long story. But it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it will be a good story to tell. Um, so when I, was, uh, when I finished school, uh, I went to Australia for basically a gap year where you can, you know, you can travel, you can work there in Australia. Um, and yeah, I went there for a year washing dishes and doing other menial jobs to, to make money to travel. Then ended up meeting a girl and then uh, having to leave was really tough because my visa expired and I, I wanted to be with her and I loved Australia. And uh, it was really tough. And uh, I had to go back to Germany and I, I absolutely hated it. I was so unhappy. And I was desperately trying to find ways to move back to Australia. And I didn't have the money to study there. Uh, I didn't have a degree, so I couldn't get a job there. Yeah. And uh, the only option that really popped up for me was, hey, if I figured out a way to make money online, this whole make money online thing, then uh, I could get a tourist visa and go back there. And then that was a really, really tough year uh, of starting my own business, basically an e-commerce business, diving straight into it, selling everything I had to invest into launching physical products. And um, yeah, then over the course of a year, I learned so much and uh, I built up that business and it was successful and I ended up moving back to Australia. And then I lived there for a few years uh, and I was in a relationship and it was uh, a happy ending. Oh, well, that's, that's nice to know. But like, so talk me through. So it's, a, it's an FBA business, isn't it, that you started up? Exactly, yeah. So, so it's a, What does that entail? Like, so you sit down, you like, want to make money to be able to go back out to Australia. That's the goal. That's the target. This is the way to do it. Where do you start with that? Um. So I started with that by uh, meeting someone that told me about this whole thing and, and hyping me up and telling me all these opportunities that were out there, which they definitely were at that time and, and still are. Uh, but at that time, it was, I have to say, it was really a golden era to get into this type of business, especially in Germany, because there wasn't a lot of competition yet, but the market was there. And basically the way I started uh, was by consuming any information that I could find on it, listening to podcasts, uh, reading about it on blogs and basically the whole uh, process at that time was you you look for products that are selling really well that have a high number of sales and you can see that on the on the website on Amazon by just looking at the the best seller rank so Amazon ranks the products uh, depending on how much they sell 
in, in the categories. For example, if it's in the baby category and it's rank 200 in Germany, that means it's making about 30 sales a day. That's like a rough estimate that you can, you know, okay. that, that you can figure out. Um, and uh, then you know how much they roughly sell and you can tell by the quality of the product, the reviews, and just in general, how good you think the product is. You can tell whether you're able to compete with them. And I basically, you know, found it, a niche where I thought, Hey, they're making a lot of sales, but I can do it better. I can make that product better than them. And uh, ended up yeah, looking for suppliers in China, basically just ordering samples and making sure the product is actually better than the product that the competitors are selling. Then from there, um, getting all the money together that you can to, to make your first order by ordering 500 units, maybe 1000 units, and then putting it on Amazon and uh, getting reviews and uh, ranking on Amazon SEO, the search on engine optimization to, to get sales and then uh, rinse and repeat until you have a few products. And then from there you get to the next stage of business, which is you have to systemize the whole thing. You have to build a team and all that. Um, but yeah, that, that was basically the process that I went through. So you, so in amongst this, obviously you want to be, the best products and you want the SEO to be good. Like how do you go about marketing mm. that? So that must have been quite an important part of it, right? To get it trending, to get it at the top of the search. How's that? How do you market a product on Amazon? I suppose is my question. Yeah. So the, whenever I think every, I think every business has uh, some SEO to do. For example, right now I'm, I'm working on a YouTube channel and I'm all about figuring out the, the YouTube algorithm the SEO on YouTube, how do you rank on YouTube? How do you get your video to show up? And the same, I did the same thing with Amazon, basically just learning the algorithm. What does Amazon care about? Amazon cares about happy customers and a lot of sales. They want to make money and they get a cut from every sale that you make. So they want you to make as many sales as possible. So basically the way the algorithm worked at that time and probably still does to this day, but I don't know, uh, is uh, based on, sales. So the more sales you get for a certain keyword, uh, the better. So the strategy back then uh, was that you, you basically make sure that you get a lot of reviews because the reviews are the most important thing at that uh, in the beginning stages or just in general on Amazon and uh, getting them in the beginning is really hard because nobody wants to buy a product if they don't have, if you don't have reviews. Yeah. So basically you want to, back then the strategy was to give away products for free and ask for a, for an honest review in, in return. Um, but uh, that now has been banned because so many people did it and it was kind of like a, a shady strategy, but everybody did it. And it was the only way to succeed on the platform. And I mean, I was desperate. I had to make that, this that's work. That's what a lot so, of people uh, do, right? Don't they? They try this out, yeah. give me a review, let me know. It's like influencer marketing 101 at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, influencer marketing is now, I think, the best way to, to grow an e-commerce business. If I were to build an e-commerce business now, I would partner up with influencers uh, make the best possible product and ideally an innovative product um, that is that doesn't even have a competition because you have something that nobody else has, which is hard to, to, to build because it takes months and months of actually building a product to make something like that. Um, and then partnering up with the influencers, that would be the best strategy. But back then what I did was just focusing on Amazon. All my sales came from Amazon, which was kind of like scary as well because you're so dependent on the platform, yeah. which is one of the big reasons why I ended up selling it because I, I didn't want to expand more. I didn't, I wasn't interested in getting off of Amazon and marketing on other, plat, other platforms. And I was like, Hey, 
I just want to be out. Ended up selling it. And uh, yeah. yeah, I was very happy with it. So do you reckon the drivers behind it then were more of a means to create cash to move out to Australia rather than actually having a passion for e-commerce and being in that world? Um, so you're asking about the reasons why I sold it or? And no, so just in general, like, so you obviously had this goal that you wanted to create a good income so you could then in turn move out mm -hmm. to Australia. So was the, the Amazon FDA business was obviously the kind of portal to be able to do in that, but were you mm -hmm. really interested in the e-commerce platform and that world in itself or did oh, you gotcha. <laughs> as the, like the vehicle that was going to get you to where you wanted to be? Yeah. So it was really just a means to an end. And yeah. I hated every single day of working on that business. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Uh, I just needed money. This was just for the money. And I'm really grateful for it because I learned so much in the process. And, uh, but yeah, it, it really was just a means to an end. I just needed money. I was never really interested in business. Uh, I always yeah. liked the idea, Hey, maybe I could have my own business, but at this point, I had so much pressure on myself because I put it on myself. I wanted to see my girlfriend again. And I just had that idea in my head. For some reason, I couldn't, I couldn't think differently. My idea was, if I don't make it back to Australia, I'll never be happy. And yeah. that was so ingrained in my mind, which was very unhealthy because I was miserable. But yeah. it got me to do things that I didn't enjoy every day. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant experience. And that's probably the biggest reason why I ended up selling it because... I knew, hey, I've got the money now. I could sell it for a big amount of cash now. Yeah. I want to do something that I enjoy, which is something I've, I'm finally doing now. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, but yeah, it, it really got me moving. And that's, that's a, an evolution that I've seen many people make. A lot of friends that I have, yesterday I had a call with my, my buddy who was actually the person that told me about this business model. He's now selling his business for potentially 15 million. He started at the wow. same time that I did. And he, he also hates it. He just tells me all the time, oh, I hate it so much. I can't wait to get out of it. Can't wait to get rid of it. And a lot of people go through an evolution where they start out doing something that they didn't really enjoy, yeah. but it got them the skills they needed and it got them experience and it got them, yeah, the financial means that they needed to, su to, to survive at that point. Uh, and then they move into something that they enjoy. Yeah, so it is like, it's just a transportation into learning what you need to do to grow a successful business and then having the money and the like money services experience right and it opens lots of doors so to be able to then do something that you're really passionate about off the back of it yeah and what do you think you learned or what surprised you when setting up your own business at the start what surprised you, you thought oh my god actually yeah didn't realize it was going to be like that hmm that's a good question Yeah, I mean, the biggest learnings that I've had was really the, the mindset behind it that yeah. you can figure out anything along the way. Uh, so my buddy actually told me this yesterday when I was on the phone with him. He, he remembered how when we were starting out, I, I actually asked him the question, hey, what, what's, what's sales tax? Like I was yeah. already start, I'd already started selling uh, products and I asked him, hey, what, how does this whole sales tax thing work? And he was like, what? You don't know what that is? That is really, you need to know that. <laughs> and it was actually it, like the, the, the VAT, the value added tax is basically sales tax in Europe. Yeah. It's really important that you set aside 
the money that you collect from customers to pay it to the uh, the IRS in Europe, the or in Germany, the, the um, yeah. financial yeah, yeah, institution. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that, <laughs> and it, that just shows how how I just at that time I just went for it and figured it out along the way, and I failed along the way. So that's probably one of the biggest things. Just because so many people they they uh, they want to figure out everything before they get started, but you really yeah. can't. Uh, there's always things that are going to come up that are unexpected um, and, and problems and, and failures. So really just going for it and then figuring it out along the way is one of the things that I learned how to do because I was always that person that would overthink things and, and worry too much. And what if this and what if that? But uh, I was lucky to have that pressure at that time. So I, I had to start. Yeah, you have to like, I think looking back on my athletic career it's like a naivety to kind of not knowing what you're getting into so you're not like once bitten twice shy in a way are you you kind of just go yes. and give it a go and like when you're a kid you'll just throw yourself out of a tree you'll put your hand where you shouldn't put it because there's that naivety to just getting stuck in and trying things that once for me like failing at sport at different competitions if I didn't succeed you start to become a bit more like oh what if that happens again whereas when what it sounds like when you started out it's just like yeah i'm just giving this a go i need to give something a go i've got to get stuck in so i'll learn i'll learn on the job basically exactly and that naivete is is really important because if you knew everything that was involved you probably wouldn't start <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah and the people that, that, that built some really <laughs> yeah and the people that built some really great things they are usually very optimistic people. Like if you look at someone like Elon Musk, he's always like, oh, we, can, we should be able to get to Mars. You know, you just, you just have to, you know, build the right rocket ship and then, you know, build the technology and then technically you could do it. But it's easier said than done. But in their, in their minds, oftentimes they're very optimistic and, uh, and almost naive in the beginning. And then later on they realize, oh, this is way harder than I thought. And that's what I realized all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Even now with the thing that I'm building now, but it's great because that's what gets you started and then you'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. And it's like, yes, motivation and ambition is always great, but self-discipline is so important, isn't it? When you're starting out and you're starting a business and just, as you said, you didn't enjoy quite a lot of what you were doing when you started up your first business. It's just, but it's just the discipline of knowing I've got to do these things daily and staying focused on the tasks and then the achievement comes. It's not all about just being motivated constantly to do what you need to Ex do. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I realized uh, when I was doing well, because I didn't have that pressure anymore that I, that I relied on to, to do things. And, and negative things are a huge motivation. But once you're doing well, or let's say even you sell your business and you have a bunch of cash in the bank, then motivating yourself to do something is really, really hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really, imagine. really hard, especially yeah. when in the past, yeah, in the past, I've relied on that pressure of like, oh no, I'll never be happy if I don't make this work. But then I achieved those things. I had the money in the bank, and then, hmm, you know, that self discipline was kind of missing, and I had to build that over time. Or yeah. I had, I had a lot of discipline already, but not to the point that I was happy with. And um, yeah, that's that's a big thing that that people miss, is that uh, achieving your goals. Can, can can be a really bad thing actually and yeah we always it's just like what do you do after that it, yeah <laughs> exactly exactly so I, it's I like this mythical thing yesterday. isn't it it's like there's a mythical thing that you've got this goal and once you achieve it life is going to be the best thing ever and nothing's going to be greater than that it's like 
for me, I won a world championship gold medal. And that was one of the things that I've been striving to do for ages. But when I achieved that, I was still frown. I was still the same person. I was still going home to my two dogs and my family. And it was nothing changed. And it was literally, it's kind of a, not a, not a disappointment. It's like a big come down, isn't it? After you've achieved yeah. something so good, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've noticed that many times, I mean, it's nowhere near what you've achieved because I've heard it oftentimes that especially, um, yeah, Olympians, when they, when they achieve that, that one big moment, that one big thing, it really comes down to this one day, right? Yeah. Uh, and that they have a, a very big come down. It's similar to, to astronauts as well who they dream their whole life of being on the moon and then they achieve it. And then after that, they're miserable and they, yeah, they become alcoholics and they really struggle with that. So uh, it, it's really tough, but I, I, I had it on a small scale and I had to, <laughs> I, I remember telling myself, Hey, if I sell this business, I'm really going to appreciate it this time. Cause I know that every, anytime I achieved a goal, it was always just, okay, onto the next thing without really appreciating it. Yeah. And then I sold my business and then I started stressing about starting the next thing. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going crazy. Something's not right. <laughs> There's something seriously wrong with me. And then later on, the, the big goal was to get a, get a visa to the U S which was a huge process to go through and so much risk. Uh, Cause I had, I had to invest money up front to actually get the visa. And then I could yeah. ask for, Hey, can I get the visa? And that was a huge thing. And I thought once I achieve that, then I'll be, I'll be set. Then I, I'm in the U S I can, I can build so many things. I have so many opportunities and uh, now I'm here and I must say I've gotten much better at appreciating it because when I, you know, when I drive down the streets here or, you know, I'm on the highway, oftentimes I think, wow, I'm in the U S now. Isn't that cool? And I've really trained myself over time to appreciate these things through different exercises and, and really looking for the things and, and acknowledging them and making that a thing. And, Again, that takes discipline, but it really helped over time to get yeah, to really appreciate where I'm at in my life right now. Yeah. Like, so what were the drives behind move, the move to Austin? Was it generally, I need a new goal and this is a really big one that'll be tough to achieve? Or was there another reason behind it? Yeah, it was, it was the, the next big goal. I, I realized that while I was living in Australia, um, I loved it. And it's, I think, the best quality of life that you can have. Uh, but I realized that I wanted, I wanted to achieve more. And I talked to, to a friend who, who had this really big business and he was really ambitious. And he told me, Hey, if you, if you want to be around people that, that are, that are doing really meaningful things and, and great things, you got to go to the U S like everyone that achieves something here in Australia, they end up in the U S as well. Uh, not, of course, not everyone, but that's where basically a lot of the people come together and it's really true i mean it's uh you have you have the best artists the best musicians the best actors uh, and um they they all come to the u.s and the u.s is a country that promotes that they want these people in their country and i think that's what the u.s is doing so well whereas i feel like other countries like germany they repel those people like being someone that owns their own business and achieves things you don't feel very welcome in germany it's it's in society, you are the person that is greedy and is probably arrogant and uh, the whole taxation system in general, or just the, the whole regulations, it's just, everything seems to be against you and you just feel like leaving the country. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to the U S because it's just, um, that's where these people come together. And 
I guess another big factor was that um, the relationship that I was in in Australia didn't work out. And uh, yeah, we ended up breaking up, which then terminated my visa. And I actually had to leave Australia. I had 28 days to leave the country. And I was like, okay, what do I do now? I'm not going to go back to Germany. Uh, and yeah, I, I want to go to the US. So um, yeah, no, and, I completely uh, get your point with that. Like, so in my experience, like, it's all really positive in America and you can achieve what you want to achieve and people build you up to be able to achieve it. Whereas I feel like the UK and Europe, it's a bit more like everything has a negative connotation to it. And it's what we're saying earlier about successful people usually are positive people. And as a positive person, you want to be surrounded by other positive people, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I chose Austin because I just noticed that there's so many entrepreneurs that I looked up to or that I knew or that were friends of friends that were living here that just kept popping up. And I was like, how big is this city? And it's just, I don't know. I don't think it's even a million people here, but the density of entrepreneurs and ambitious people is so great that you meet so many amazing people here. And the best thing is it's the type of people that are ambitious, but also like to enjoy their life. So there's a lot yeah. of work-life balance here. You know, there's a lot of outside activities that you can do. And that just drew me to it. I mean, I could have gone to New York or Los Angeles because that's probably where the most ambitious people are. But I wanted to have ambitious people around me that are also happy. And yeah. that's what I, what I have here in Austin. So, so the move out to Austin, it's obviously, you sound really positive about it. And the, what you've gained from your first business, how is that? escalating into something that you're doing now that's kind of more for you and it's a more passion and what you really want to be doing? Yeah, so the biggest thing that was missing in my e-commerce business was that I was just sitting behind the laptop all day and I'm actually someone that loves people. I love interacting with people and I'm, I'm more of an entertainer. That's one of the things that I've learned in the past few years, really, <laughs> that I like to entertain people. I like to tell stories. I like to be around people and be in front of people. And with the e-commerce business, that need wasn't fulfilled at all. And I was just miserable with it. So in the past couple of years, I really went on that journey to figure out what do I actually like? And I remember asking my sister, my, my, my family members, my friends, hey, what do you think I'm good at? What do you think I'm the, something that comes natural to me that doesn't come natural to other people? And I remember, I remember my, my sister telling me, um, yeah, you're really good at, uh, at, yeah, entertaining people and being funny. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't help, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it actually, that's actually the advice that I should have listened to because it would have saved me a lot of time. And one thing I realized is that, yeah, I, I really love these things. I've always been that type of person. And I've learned to be this, you know, this business guy that, that, uh, that has gotten into this world. But it's not what I'm naturally good at and what I naturally enjoy. So um, there's a lot of back and forth, trying new things and uh, not liking most of them and then kind of liking something, but not really. And then uh, one day I basically did this, uh, I made this parody video on, on Facebook uh, just for fun, just to send it to my friends. And uh, it, was, it was about entrepreneurship and, and certain, a certain uh, community in the entrepreneurship community. Uh, yeah a certain entrepreneur community and I, just, I was just planning on sending it to my friends but they thought it was funny they they said hey you should post it on Facebook and then people loved it and I was like huh there's something to it here and then over time I 
moved away from the, the, the those type of videos and uh now i'm uh yeah basically building building a youtube channel which i'm i'm going all in on and which i love where yeah i just want to um tell tell stories of yeah stories of exciting things that are that are happening or that i'm doing that basically lead with the message of wanting to live a life of no regrets and just going for it and really enjoying your life as well. And focusing on the things that matter in life, also achieving things, but more importantly, surrounding yourself with the right people and, and things like that. Um, because one of the things I realized is that I'm really grateful for the people that got me into this whole uh, entrepreneurship world and the world of self-improvement and all that. And I want to be someone that, that helps bring that more into the masses by by yeah, making making videos like that. So, and one of the things that I had as an idea as a video was, hey, what if I put up a billboard to find a girlfriend? And that's basically where this whole thing came about. Where I ended up putting up a billboard to see if I can build a marketing funnel to yeah to meet women. Uh, so how is that? How has that gone? Talk me through that. Is it like yes, eight hundred date Leon, or is it like there's a bit more to it than that? <laughs> Uh, so the, the whole process kind of worked like this. I, I got a billboard. I set it up here in Austin. Uh, I, f I found a really cheap billboard, so I got really lucky with that. Uh, is it, has it got good billboard. viewing? Is there a lot of people going past there at all times? Or is it literally like at a dead end somewhere that nobody really sees? It's, it's, at, a, it's at a really busy uh, oh, brilliant. <laughs> intersection. Yeah. So it's actually, I got really lucky with this one. Um, and I knew that even if it it wasn't that busy. I knew that if I took a photo of it and posted it on social media, that's where most of the traffic will come from. That's yeah. where most people will see it anyway. So even if it was, even if it was a, a dead end, just the concept of it, Hey, if, have you heard of this guy that put up a billboard to, to get dates? Uh, <laughs> that in itself is already something that can be shared on social media and, and ended up being shared over 2000 times uh, just on Facebook mm -hmm. alone. And I uh, posted it in different groups and it got thousands of reactions and, um, did you expect yeah. it to blow up like it did? Um, in terms of the amount of reach I would get, yes. Yeah. But okay. in terms of the types of responses, I I thought I would uh, I wouldn't get so much hate. Yeah, <laughs> was, uh, I suppose that's always a thing with putting yourself out there and you being your product, isn't it? That you're open to some criticism. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it it was really it was vicious. It was brutal. Like people were, <laughs> I think what happened Gosh. was that, that uh, there's a certain type of person that initially saw the post on Facebook and ended up sharing it because they were outraged by it. And their friends are the same type of people that would also get offended by it or would, would hate on it. And it just got shared around in, in those, in those communities of yeah. people who, who would be against that. So I've had a lot of, yeah, it just seemed like a lot of, uh, people that uh yeah were really yeah it was it was a an uncomfortable topic for them and they <laughs> they were ruthless about certain things it was it was quite the experience and it, I, I i mean i learned a ton through this uh because i realized that the people that that hate on other people online they are usually not people that are doing so well in life themselves so instead of uh hating back on them just you know, just having compassion for them or just realizing where they're coming from. Um, that was a huge learning for me. But I mean, in the yeah. process, I, I had over 1,000 
applications. So the way it worked is that the the billboards. That's a lot of people um, wanting to date you, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. That's too many. Um, um, has it has so it inflated the, your ego? <laughs> Not as, not as much you. as I'd like. Not as much <laughs> as I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the the billboard sent them to a website, which is dateliam.com, and then from there, basically, I, I put up a very flashy video about myself because I I knew that if I make it something that is kind of like the 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 Bachelor show where yeah. I portray myself as this this ah, oh, this, this European traveler that has now come to the US to build a second business and all that. I really hyped myself up and I hate tooting my own horn, but I knew that it would be effective for this campaign because it would get people to, to share it more. So I did that and um, yeah, on the website, they could then apply by, you know, just clicking on the apply button and then it would get them to a form where they answer certain questions. Uh, some, some deep questions and some more light questions, just getting to know them. For example, one of the questions I liked that I asked was um, what's the toughest challenge you've overcome in your life. And that would usually tell me a lot about them uh, the way they look at, like they, the way they talk about it, the way they look back at it. If they, if they say, for example, some women said, Hey, I've gone through this really hard thing. Um, but I'm so glad I did because I learned so much from it. And I grew as a person that just showed me, Hey, this is a, a really healthy individual that, you know, that has a, has a great mindset. I want to meet that person. And um, yeah, I ended up getting over a thousand applications. Uh, the problem was that it was people from all over the world. So um, yeah. yeah it's, I, a bit difficult, it's a bit difficult to date somebody in the UK when you're in, when you're in the US, isn't it? I suppose. So we got to be exactly. Down. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I ended up scheduling uh, a few virtual dates in one week, I had like uh, 15 dates, you know, just hopping oh on the gosh. phone because, yeah, because on, on the phone, when you're hopping on the phone with someone, you can already tell uh, very quickly if, if there's, if, if you get along. Um, yeah. So anyone that's doing online dating, I highly recommend that you set up a phone call with anyone before you go on a date with them. I've done that even before the whole billboard thing when I was using dating apps and it's going to save you a lot of time. It really does. <laughs> Because you can quickly tell if, if you're not going to get along in a 20 minute phone call when, uh, yeah, when instead of, instead of going on a, on a two or three hour date. Um, yeah. And then from there, yeah, set up phone calls and, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically where I'm at right now. Like speak yeah. to that many different people in a short amount of time. Like how was yeah. it? Was it like, I bet it's quite interesting the kind of, questions you get asked what you start talking about where you end up going with conversations and where you wouldn't yeah. you go and you start talking to that many people yeah yeah I've, i definitely saw some patterns uh in the responses that i got and um yeah i learned a lot about about women in general as well and also the type of women that i attracted with that because i knew that if i if I put up a, a billboard to advertise myself and all that, I knew that the type of women that wouldn't apply were the ones that, that, uh, that don't get the joke behind it, that are not easy yeah. going and think, Hey, this is funny. And these are the people that I didn't want to attract anyways. So it was actually great. It was a great filter mechanism. Um, and one of the things I realized is that a lot of the women that uh, filled out the application form 
really like the crime stuff, the crime podcasts. Wow. <laughs> kind of like crime what an I was, yes, I was like, what is what is going on with with this? Is, is this a joke? Is it, am I, you know, am I being pranked here? This, almost all of them were into that stuff. I don't know if it's women in general or just the ones that ended up applying. Um, so have you started getting into them now too? Because that's kind of the vibe or... Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't checked it out yet. I might like it, but yeah. And I realized my ex-girlfriend, she, she was also into that stuff. So I'm like, Hmm, maybe. So you definitely know, maybe. have a type. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. So yeah. Um, so is this all being documented on the YouTube channel? Are you kind of talking through the dates, what's happening, where you're at with all that? Is that going on the YouTube channel? Is it more bigger? Yeah bigger picture type work-based stuff or is this part of it as well? Yeah, so this is part of the, the uh, video project that I was working on, uh, which is basically where I documented the entire journey of, of actually setting up the billboard, getting it, getting it up and running, um, and then sharing it on social media, making it go viral. And uh, yeah, I ended up on different radio shows and, and um, local news came by and all that. And uh, I documented that whole thing on video uh, up until this point now, where I'm at right now with all the virtual dates and all that. And the video is actually going up later today. I don't know when the Amazing. podcast is coming out, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of work, but it's been really fun. It's been a great experience. And uh, yeah, then I'll do a follow-up as well because I've already, I don't want to spoil too much, but I've already got a, a, a date set up that... Oh, yes. um, it's, it's, it's going to be one of the most adventurous things I've ever done. It's going to be a very long date. It's going to be over multiple days. <laughs> and You've got me hooked already. I well. need to see this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ooh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So what, like, so YouTube, what's like the, is it a younger crowd that are watching that you're gaining traction with, or are you quite surprised who's been watching what you've been putting out there? Uh, so far, I've literally only uploaded one video and this is going to be the second one. So okay. there's no real audience yet, but the target audience is definitely going to be people in their late teens to early 20s. Yeah. Uh, and these, these are the people that, that I want to reach um, because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a young guy myself. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so far, a lot of people on, on Facebook, I've got a lot of uh, connections on Facebook because I've connected with a lot of people for business. Uh, and they loved it as well. Uh, they, uh, they're really into that stuff because they, you know, a lot of them are in, in, in the marketing space as well. And they want to know all the numbers. They want to know, okay, what's, what's been your conversion rate with applications? How many, yeah. how many clicks do you have? Are you going to retarget them with ads and all that? <laughs> so they're all nerding <laughs> out on it, which is great. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, how the video will, will end up doing. Um, it's probably going to take a while for the algorithm to pick up on, uh, yeah, on it. So I'm not, I'm not expecting anything big to happen in the next few months, but I know over time it will for sure. So is it, is this kind of one project and then you've got another business that you're doing as well at the moment? So the initial idea moving to the U S was to uh, build a community for entrepreneurs uh, and physical events. Yeah, uh, here in Austin, which, right now. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that's that's the reason why I focused on I focus on this other thing now on the, on the YouTube project because right now events is not an option and the problem that I wanted to solve for myself and for others was that I was really struggling to socialize with like-minded people as an entrepreneur while being in Sydney 
because there just weren't that many people that were really like-minded. I mean, there's, there's entrepreneurs and all that, but just not the people that I would really click with. And I ended up, uh, yeah, looking online for like-minded people and specifically also people who are in their early twenties that are, or, or have already built a business. Uh, because one thing that I found is that I, if I, if I met like-minded people, they were usually in their thirties or even forties. Yeah. You're kind of in a but, unique position, aren't you? With what you exactly age that you are. Exactly. Definitely. It's like when yeah, I or, people that I've already retired once and I'm 30 and they're just like, what do you mean you've retired? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So these are unique positions and that's when you have to find your tribe because there's more people like you out there. Right. But it's yes. hard to find them. And, um, that's, that's been my experience. Like where, where are the, the, the people in the twenties that have big goals and that are already on the way of achieving them and they've already achieved something. Because one thing I realized as well is that there's a lot of people in the early twenties that, that are into entrepreneurship, but they always ended up just, uh, yeah, they always ended up just asking me tons of questions and, and kind of, uh, yeah. It so it's not, it's more of a, sounds, you're a mentor than a friend. Well, exactly. It kind of sounds arrogant, more, but it, it, yeah. it, 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 uh, it felt like they were putting me on a pedestal and it's hard to be, to really connect with someone when they, they are, they, they just drill you with questions and they, they want to eagerly hang out with you more and all that. And it's just, um, you don't really click with someone like that. And, I had that experience and it was really isolating and I went online to, to find more people like that and ended up building a small group of, you know, of, of, of guys who we, we were hopping on a phone call with every week just to, you know, chat and catch up and, and, um, and uh, talk about business. But, uh, yeah, we ended up becoming good friends and, uh, now a bunch of them have started businesses together and, uh, yeah, I've, I've met, I've met that we've met up in real life. And that's when I thought, Hey, I should run events for people like us, people in the early twenties or just in 20, just younger people in general who, yeah, who are already in business and uh, have big goals. And uh, that's, that, that was the idea moving to the U S but now that's all put on hold, but I'm not in a rush, which is, which is good. So and it sounds like you pivoted what you're doing thing. very well, to be fair, because it sounds like you're really passionate and into what you're doing right now too. So it's, it's when it happens, isn't it? It sounds like you're not putting pressure on yourself to get it going and it has to start now. You sound very relaxed with it all, considering there's a global yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in a lucky position or in a, in a good position because I, you know, I have, I have uh, financials to carry me through this, this, uh, this pandemic. So I don't have to worry about having money coming in now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing well during this pandemic so far. <laughs> Enjoying it. <laughs> Thriving yeah. during a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. And I just wanted to ask you one last question that is basically what I'm going to ask everybody because I find it really interesting for myself. But it's basically, for me as an athlete, when I go into a business world, I have to think about my transferable skills, because like you, I didn't go to university, didn't get a degree. I haven't set off on a journey down a career path in a big corporation. So I have to work my other skills that I learned through being an athlete. So I was just wondering from your perspective as an entrepreneur that set up his own business, that loves what he does and has been very successful doing it. What would you say are the most important, like transferable skills to business that, made you successful really 
Hmm. I think one of the things that I believe I'm good at is just figuring out what's important, what's crucial. And you probably have the same thing in, in any sport or as an Olympian, you just have to figure out what are the gears that make the biggest difference? What really matters? Cause I see so many people that focus on things that do not matter. For example, when they start a business, they think about their, their logo or their branding. When the first thing in business, you should see if there's product market fit, if people actually want your product and they set up their website, they do this, they do that. Um, but really figuring out, okay, what is actually important? And then, and then working on that. For example, one of the things I realized on Amazon was the most important thing is reviews. That is the most crucial part. Uh, and for the reviews to get those good reviews, I need a really, really good product. And everyone talks about these little tactics and strategies to get another sale here and make a little bit more profit there. But the most important thing is how good is your product and does it deserve really good reviews so that you can, can, can get those reviews and then get more sales. And uh, I think you just start developing that mindset and then everything I go into now, I really figure out what's, what, what makes this work? What is the really important part of this? So I think that's one of the best skills that I've developed that is transferable to really anything. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Focus on what needs to be done find out quickly and focus on that and you will be successful. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate that. It was good fun to chat. Yeah. Thank you very much as well. Jamming With is a podcast in association with Jam Staffing. Please rate and subscribe to the channel to hear more from the people shaping the Austin tech scene. And don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Remember that if you're looking for work or need to hire great people, you can reach out to us at jam-staffing.com.